All right, family, welcome back to the Boys Will Be Boys podcast. As you can see, we have some lovely guests. I'm with my lovely co-host. Hello. Phoebe. <laughs> and I'm also with some good friends of ours, like our older brother and older sister to us. This is Gary and Julie Gallimore. And uh, yeah, just welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Well, thanks for having us, man. Thanks for having us, man. <laughs> thanks for having us. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, no, it's just a pleasure. Um, you know, I really feel like you guys uh, have been low-key mentors to us, you know, kind of Definitely. informal mentors. And, you know, we've taken so much from you guys, just even by observation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I definitely um, wanted you on this podcast because I feel like you have a lot to offer. Um, today's podcast, we'll definitely be talking about marriage, um, but also parenthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the things that um, both Phoebe and I really admire about you guys is the way that um, you... Um, relate to each other through marriage and also um, as parents like man like your kids are like model kids and you can see (laughs) she said oh (laughs) she said oh (laughs) okay thank you yes they're they're cute they're cute honestly like I really love your kids man like they 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 really really are um, model kids and I feel like that doesn't that that always reflects on the parents, right? Like, of course, you know, uh, as, as you know, as black people, we always know, like, whenever a kid's acting out, the first place we look yes. is the parents. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? True. And then it's if they're true. good kids, then we also it's look at the true. parents too, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So that's that's something that we really um, uh, admire about you guys, and so yeah, yeah. that's why we wanted you on the podcast. Yeah, well, appreciate that's that's awesome, but yeah. I I love when you said informal mentors. One of the biggest things that we've learned is because we've tried to find mentors ourselves and we look at people's lives and we're like, okay, this is going to be mentors, but there has to be a relationship there. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just go to people and say, I like their life. <laughs> can you be my mentor? Right. There has to be a connection mm-hmm. where they can just comfortably speak and you can comfortably speak as well. Mm-hmm. So I love when you use that phrase, informal mentors, because mm-hmm. that's tr- that's truly what mentorship is. Right, right. It, it can't be a, I'm going to approach you, but right. more of like, let's build that connection. Mm-hmm. And as time progresses, we can comfortably speak with each other. Right. That's what I've learned just right. in my own personal life. Right. No, I agree. I think I think that's so true. Um, throughout my life, too, I've, I've always sought mentors and, like, had a desire to always have a mentor in every season of my life. Mm-hmm. And I always found it difficult um, to navigate that because, like you said, it's kind of awkward to just go up to someone and be like, can you mentor me? Like, yeah. But just having organic relationships with people and just kind of observing them and in conversation you pick up certain things and, and you watch certain things and how they um, react in certain situations and, mm-hmm. stuff, and stuff like that. You're able to kind of pick up, okay, like, I guess this is something that I can grab for myself. And so, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, man. I kind of sit on a different angle with that when it comes to mentorship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like the term. I prefer the term partnership because um, just because I'm older than you, which normally mentorship relationships there's normally an age gap. Mm-hmm. I still think you're there for me to really learn from as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a learning paradigm than anything. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have certain experience that I could contribute to, I can advise you on, 
but I'm going to learn to see how that advice actually plays out. And I get to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. That's really wow. Outside of my own life. That's you know, and it's funny because I remember um, I was asked to give a little speech at the last TLC graduation thing that they do. Mm-hmm. And after I, you know, I gave this thing, this guy came up to me and said, hey, can you be my mentor? And I said, no, nah, man, how about partners? And he was, he's like, what? He was confused because <laughs> nobody says that. But I think that there's so much value in a relationship, it has to be partnership. Right, right, right. Because I get to learn from you, mm-hmm. you get to learn from me, right? Mm-hmm. You see how I'm experiencing things that you might someday experience, mm-hmm. but I get to see how things unfold. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I would have forgotten. Right, 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 right. And I would have, so I get to see how it plays out. No, so, so I'm saying, like, wow. mentorship is great because I feel like it's one way, but partnership has to be, it's like a bilateral right. thing. Right, right, so, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, disrupt. No, no, no. That's really good. It also even it, what what it clicked in my mind as well is um, because of that age gap, you're even prepping us, which is why I support the partnership approach, because you're even supporting us in preparation for our children. Right. So, okay. So this is what that new generation. Absolutely. Right. These Absolutely. might be some of the challenges that right. they're right. right. And even though life challenges, um, they're very similar <laughs> when it comes to the different stages of life. It's just a matter of how is it being presented. Right. So something as simple as what we were exposed to growing up, it is so it's so minimal compared to. The, the generation today, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they have access to anything yeah. Yeah. just from their hands, just from their fingertips. Mm-hmm. And it's so difficult. So it's a matter of, okay, how do we even guide them properly yeah. to make sure that they're making the right decisions when right. it comes to life? Right. And so <laughs> when you have that age gap, you have someone in maybe a different generation following you, mm-hmm. um, they might have been at the onset to that exposure. Right. So what would they pick up that they would change? Okay, let's guide our children. So I, I, I love the partnership, and I'm reminded when you said that just now that you did always use partnership, wow. that, yeah, it is a partnership. Is my support, is my advice, is my suggestion really, truly coming with something strong? Mm-hmm. And then if it is, okay, take that, bring it to my child. Mm-hmm. Or have them bring it to my child because sometimes it doesn't matter how young of parents we are Mm -hmm. we're still parents and we're annoying and we're boring (laughs) and they don't know what they're talking about like this is the same I get the rolly eyes all the time so when you say model kids I'm like they're cute (laughs) models are cute you know they did come from me they are cute but I think I still get the rolly eyes I still (laughs) I still get the you know (laughs) As they walk away from me when I make a statement, and then and then I like plead to them sometimes. People listen to us. Sometimes people even pay us so they can hear our words, and you get it for free. And they're like, we don't care. Oh I want to give you an example. You remember the conversation we had at the wedding? Yes, yeah. And when we got on the phone, and Javai saw you on the phone, mm-hmm. how he reacted. Mm. Yeah. What do you what do you call you? Did you call you Deacon Omar or whatever? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Pastor Omar. But he just kind of, you know, there was, was kind excited. of a. He was excited. Right, right, right. Here he's chatting to us, and he knows. Okay, at some point, they're gonna talk to me about what I'm doing. 
here's another person. Like, but that's, this is where the partnership comes in. Right. We connect on certain things. Right. If I say, yo, have a conversation with Omar, you're not going to tell him anything that doesn't match our right. core values. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where the partnership kind of plays out as right. well. Yeah. Right, right. I can trust him to come to you, and I know that what Omar is going to say is going to it's going to build him up. Right. It's yeah. not going to destroy him. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. And I think that's how the whole village gets yes, yeah. exactly. gets yeah. built. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And you know what's really interesting? I think this is a really cool spin on, I think, what we're going to talk about today. But I look at how our parents raised us. Maybe not all parents, but I, I feel like in the black community, when our parents were raising us, it was always about listen to what your parents say and mm-hmm. only do what your parents say. And your parents never actually took the time to listen to what we had to say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Facts. And I feel like this generation, you can't, parent successfully mm-hmm. by being that type of parent mm-hmm. by only telling them to do what you say and not hearing what your children have to say mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is something that omar and i talk about a lot and how we're going to raise our, our son and hopefully future children mm-hmm. um but we really want to listen to our kids mm-hmm. obviously like we have a little bit of wisdom so yeah. we can lead them and guide them but mm-hmm. this is their generation yeah. mm-hmm. this is like they know more than we do right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. As we do guide them, I think it's also important to listen to them and, and take their opinions and, you know, consider it and help them <coughs> along their way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's good, man. That's good. See, yo, this is already so good. Yeah. Like, we haven't even started yet, like, and it's already good, man. Like, this is this is really good. Um, so I guess I'll start by talking about like your 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 um your marriage relationship. How did that kind of come about and? Um, kind of dive into that and you know your dynamic in, in relationship things you've learned lessons that you can kind of pull out Wait, are you saying start from what the beginning? Like how did that how did he meet the Beyonce before the Beyonce? We can credit Kanye West with this <laughs> No, seriously, y'all. I, 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 I'll tell this part. Then Julie, like, she always tells the rest of the story. <laughs> we, the way we met, it was Canada Day. I forget what year. It might have been, I think it was 04. Okay. Okay. And Kanye West has just released The College Dropout. Ah, that was a sick album. Wow. Yes. Still that's my favorite album. album. Yeah, I still listen cool. to it four or five times a year. But uh, me and my friend Jermaine, he went out and bought us these T-shirts. that said The College Dropout. Mm. Like long tees, cause long yeah, tees yeah. was in right back in the day, right? My goodness. So I was rocking some the long tees, <laughs> some long Fubu shorts. Oh god! And the Fubu uh, Air Force One type. Oh shoes. my god! So this is what I wore downtown on Canada Day, and I remember I saw there was Juliana, Julia has a there's a mutual friend that I met because I was a couple years ahead of her at Carlton, mm. and her name was Mackie, and you know Mackie came and said, "What's up?" and uh you know, I saw Julia and I asked her if she was coming to Carlton because she looked like one of her friends. I don't know why. I thought it was her sister. So I'm like, okay, you look like your next step is university, so you must be coming to Carlton. Mm-hmm. Such a random connection. So I said, hey, you coming to Carlton next year? And she gave me the nastiest look, man. <laughs> just the stankest look up and down. And she told her friend, yo, get out of here, man. Can't you see this guy is crazy? <laughs> Cause when I, and then I, I came to find out it was because my shirt said the college dropout. Yes. Oh. So she figured I was advertising okay. that I am a college dropout. So, okay. my yes. Kanye yes. just dropped yes. out. Yes. 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 Okay. I didn't know Kanye, okay, and I have very strict traditional African parents <laughs> who are like, we left Tanzania. <laughs> <laughs> 
future. Go build your future. Right? So the first way was education. Right, right. So here I am rolling up, getting ready to go into Carlton on my scholarship that I had, education-wise, etc. And next thing I know, this a lot of my friends are a year or two older than me. Mm. And then this guy's rolling up with the shirt that says college dropout. And I'm like, I didn't know who Kanye West was. And I'm looking at him. And one of my friends was like, oh, my gosh, Julie, you got to meet this guy. If I'm 30 and I'm not married, I'm marrying him. <laughs> and I looked at him and I saw a college dropout. I'm like, girl, this is why you keep getting played. <laughs> like, I'm like, he's giving you a clear message that I'm a loser calling to drop out. And you said you're going to marry him? Oh, my goodness. So that's what I was like, bye, let's go, right? We're out. We're gone. And the next thing, the next time I'm running into him was when it was some basketball game yeah, that it was, was occurring. Uh, South Carolina came to play the Ravens. In the first, right. All the girls, so all the girls, all the girls are lining up for Let's go, right? So we're all decked out in the cutest outfits to go watch these U.S. <laughs> She had a five-seater vehicle, and there were six people. The sixth person was this guy trying to get into. I thought the I was gonna ride home. So we're all standing around. We are lecture. I was a little straight. I'm like. So we're all standing around. Home. The train, the bus, car. And I'm like, I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, okay, if we're gonna squeeze in my head, I'm like, if we're gonna squeeze up in this vehicle, I'm not squeezing up next to this guy. They call this dropout. I didn't remember the college I didn't know him. Right. So I didn't know. I didn't I didn't remember the college dropout guy. So I'm like, let me just itch up in the front seat. I'm not, you know, squeezing next to this guy. And then next thing you know, I'm stepping in, I had one foot in, and then he's like, and he asked me in French, because he thought I was Haitian, what is your name? I don't know French. So I'm like, what? Straight to and then, you answered this. And then he said in English, what is your name? And I whispered, Julia. I literally whispered my name because I was like, this is not a cute outfit. Like, that was my head. I lost it. Yeah, she was in the I was like, no, I'm not telling him. So I whispered my name. Then the next thing I know, I'm walking through the halls, I think two, three days later. And then he's like, hi, Ju Julie or Juliet, whatever he called me, Ju Juliana. He said, hi, Juliana. And I'm like, and I'm racing because my thing was class, gym, class, gym. Like that was, I was, that was my mindset, health, education, right, health, right, education. Right, right. And I'm rushing and he stops me by greeting me. And I was like, oh, and I thought, this is a guy that I met the other day. And I was like, he caught my name. So it caught my attention. And the reason why it caught my attention was because he was walking beside somebody else, stopped that conversation to greet me. <laughs> so for me, I'm like, oh, of course he's going to do that. But it, it caught my attention. The next thing I know, he, I would see him coming around at that same time around that class. 
Uh, I'm working VA because I had class in Tory building. Oh, okay. she was, right. She was an Azure. Oh, okay. And you know, you connect the right? Okay. But okay, question at this point, were you interested in her or you were just trying to be nice? No, I was just being friendly. It's just being a friend. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was just being friendly. Right, all right. So then as time progressed, before I know it, he's, I think, yes, I needed some help. So he would kind of help me out from time to time within the library. Then he started showing up to my actual classes and like helping me pay attention and take notes. Then because I was running late, so I always wanted my cappuccino, <laughs> he started showing up with the cappuccino in his hand, oh, waiting. Wow. And it wasn't until one day he didn't show up. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't show up one day and I was just, I my heart just like <laughs> clenched and I was like wait a minute because he always had a great conversation he always had a joke etc and then I was like wait a minute what's going on so as I was walking out of class I started asking people that I knew him um, that, that also knew him and I was like have you seen Gary da, da, da. eventually a mutual friend uh, had said um, why are you asking this and I said nothing and I took off running because I was one of those chicks where I was like I I would never profess my love to right, him. Right. He had to profess his entire <laughs> love for me. Why are you laughing it sounds similar. <laughs> it sounds similar, of course. So then, next thing that friend, I came to learn after the fact, ran to him and said, Get in now. She actually is feeling you. So then that's when he ended up calling me and he said, Hey, Let's go out for, I think, what, a movie or... No, no, he said he took me. He said, I want you to meet me somewhere. And I'm like, okay, he's meeting me. Like, he's asking me to go on a date. I think he gave me an address, and here I am rolling up in a church. And I realized, was it... Yeah, and so he gave me an address. I dressed up, and I realized when I walked in, I'm like, oh, this is a church. So I'm like, okay, so this is like a heavy church boy. Okay. And I had already given my life to God. I was the first one in my family to do that. Oh, wow. Right? Um, even good, before, yeah, good, even before my mom. So I was very, like, head down on that. <laughs> and then here he is inviting me there. And I didn't know this is where he was bringing me. So then the next thing that occurred within the church after praise and worship, they're calling up the youth pastor to come preach. And I see him get up. And I was like, what's he doing getting up? What is, what is, no what's he doing about this? Yes. So then he goes up, grabs, grabs the mic, and I was like, what? And I see green pants that's four pleated with an orange shirt and white socks. I'm like, this is not, I can't. Outfit, wow. but what impressed me? <laughs> Listen, different shades of khaki. <laughs> until today, this is what you're gonna tell. It was not khaki. It, it was, was green dress pants. that was pleated for. That's that's not attractive. <laughs> With an orange shirt, and that's when I was like, his fashion game was never on par. Until today, a lot of the times I'm laying out his clothes. <laughs> if we have to go. <laughs> That, that's what happened and at that point I was like okay this guy has like he uh, he has what I'm looking for mm -hmm. humility mm -hmm. because he was running a youth ministry and 
he never blasted it. Right. Like, it showed in his life. Right, right. You know what I mean? That he was a good man. He loved God. He was never quick to talk about it. Mm. But he just lived it. <laughs> and that was a big piece of what I wanted in my future. Right. Was I want somebody to just embed God in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, on top of that, education was also important for him. Mm-hmm. Respect for people. It doesn't matter where they were in life. And what they were doing in life. And he showed that consistently. So with all of that combined, that's when my heart just poured heavily into him. And I was like, okay, this is is my future. This is my future. But the strategy was to try to figure out how long... Will it take for us to get there? Because mm. how do I go back to my African <laughs> and say, in six years, I'm going to marry this guy, right? Mm. And then we're coming from two different cultures. Yeah, right. it's huge. So that was a big portion, too. <laughs> like, you know, coming from Tanzania, he's coming from Jamaica. How would we in the future blend those two together? Right. Right. We've been blessed to have, you know, two sets of parents that actually enjoy each other's company they built a friendship with each other we're holidays where you know the mothers will kind of plan the meals and i'm like okay i'll bring the salad and that's <laughs> it right so it, it's it's messing to that and i that's all god's hand but that's how we pretty much wow. met that funny story that's, of i really like that yeah really? I really like that I really like that's why i can't funny. you know when i see what's happening with kanye man i get it <laughs> You can't get too mad, huh? It was an important part of my journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. good. So so one thing you said, though, is that the one thing that you picked up about Gary was his humility. Yeah. That even though he was in leadership, Mm -hmm. like he held a leadership role, he had responsibility. He didn't throw it around. He didn't, like, throw his weight around, basically, right? Yeah. I think that's something that's so important to kind of pick out because I think a lot of times men sometimes feel as if to feel valued, they have mm-hmm. to push that in the forefront. Like, mm-hmm. this is who I am, this is what I do kind of thing. Yeah. As opposed to allowing your character to speak for you. Mm-hmm. And that being the kind of first touch point that people get in their interaction with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I think that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I think, uh, not to cut you, I mm-hmm. think even to that, though, because, I mean, the way Julie's telling the story, it's uh, obviously a lot of her perspective. There's a lot right. of... <laughs> There's things that you, yeah. Yeah, because what she didn't say is that 04, December 30th, 05, we're getting married. She's six months pregnant. Yeah. Mm. Javai's being born four months later on the last day of lectures. I'm going to the hospital to meet her. Wow. You know, baby's born. I go back, write a bunch of exams, fail a bunch of exams. I can imagine. She defers her exams, and you know now it gets real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so you could figure out all the stuff that happened there. You know, in that whole one year span, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. big change, big change, big transition. Right, right, right. You know, but you know, to her point, I think one of the things that she's always said and modeled is that, <clears throat> you know, you're responsible for protecting your marriage, and the way she treats me is more is is going to dictate how the public treats me. Right. Because, like I said, she was six months pregnant when she was get when we were getting married. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Youth leader, six months pregnant. Right. You can imagine that traumatic yeah. experience, you know, yeah. dealing with, you know, the people at church and you know, family and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. That was very, and for on her side, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
I always knew and felt that, and to your point, a man's job is to provide and protect. Right. So once baby was born, I had to hit the ground. That's provide. where your head is at, yeah. I had yeah. to go provide. Yeah. You know, but the danger there is that you could get caught up in providing uh-huh. that you forget to protect. Ooh. And that's not just like, you know, be you know, exercising brute force and right. trying to fight everybody. Right. It's protecting, you know, your household, like in, in the values. Um, your wife's dreams, you know, giving her that platform to, to re-immerse herself yes. after, you know, she chose to raise, you know, take care of the kids and didn't work. Right. And when it was her time, you give her the space to get her stuff done. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So this whole provide and protect, those are two words, but it's it's a big, it's a big responsibility. Yeah, a lot, yeah. And the other thing, you can't protect people that don't want to be protected mm. and you can't provide for people that don't feel that they need your provisions. Mm. You know, so there has to be a conversation. There has right. to be a lot of talk, a lot of listening, a lot of understanding, a lot right. of communication. Right. So, you know, within that year and a half, there was a lot of growing up. Mm. And you don't fully mature on, you know, time will tell. You're still going to miss a lot of lessons. So there will be growing pains. You're going to miss, like, I think it wasn't until probably the last five, seven years that we started just being, just figuring this thing out that, hey, Let's just put each other first. Mm. You know, like everything that happens in our life, in our lives, we got to filter it through through this. Right, right. Everything that has to filter through this space. And my dad, I remember I was having a conversation with him, and he said something really profound. He said, you know, as your dad, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to advise you. But if I tell you something and you take it to your wife and it creates problems in your marriage, leave it out. That's really good. And what I took from that was, yeah, you will get advice, but ultimately we have to make the decision right. to fit it. Right. And if it doesn't fit today, if it's really good advice and we can't fit it today because mm-hmm. of circumstance, mm-hmm. put it on the shelf. Right. Keep an eye on it. And then you fit it at the right time. Right. It's still valuable. Right, right, right. right. You know, so, yeah, man, just, it's, it's, there's a lot of growing and there's a lot of really accepting who you are and, uh, what you want, mm-hmm. and I'm just sticking, just sticking to that. Man, that's yeah. tough. Yeah, that's that's really tough. And and thank you for vulnerably yeah. sharing that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to ask you guys a question because you said that, um, for the past five seven years, you realize that you just have to put each other first, right? So, the first example that I took was that like your dad gave you advice and. You put each other first by realizing it didn't fit at that moment. You put it on the shelf and you took it back later and let it fit where it needs to fit. But what are some other examples of how you guys put each other first, having a family and so many other responsibilities? That's a, that's a very good question. One of the things that I always um, push for, for women mm-hmm. is, yes, you put your children up there. They need to be taken care of, but use the resources around you. Mm-hmm. Um, because the man, he has his own needs as well. And being married to a black man, they have this stigma, they have this aura around them, where they are put out there in the media that they just have to be strong. Yeah. And they don't have a place where they can be vulnerable, they can shed their tears if they need to shed their tears, etc. And that has to be within the comfort of his woman mm-hmm. and if you are not giving him that space to do that he's not going to do it but as women we desire for him to do that right and it's going to take them 
a very long time mm -hmm. before they open up and share just like hurtful things that bother them from youth to present mm -hmm. in every aspect of their life. Mm -hmm. So it, for, for me, is learning the resources that I have. I'm quite blessed to have, you know, my very active, like, ready to jump in parents, not even just mother, just my parents, both of my parents. If I'm saying, hey, I'm going to be gone for a month because I'm going to celebrate my husband's 40th birthday, they're like, okay, let's go. Bring the kids over. Tell me the school schedules. Tell me what's going on. So that way he has that space to be able to say, my wife is here for me. Mm. So that's putting him first. Mm. That's me letting him know we have our children together. We're blessed. We're grateful for the kids that we have. But at the end of the day, you take priority. You have mm. a very big seat. And that in itself is the definition of true submission. Mm -hmm. And that one, that leads him towards a pathway of wanting to protect. Because everyone is going to it's gonna protect what they feel is most strongest to them, yeah, right? Yeah. So people can come in my direction with craziness and he's the number one person to jump in without even wanting to hear mm -hmm. what they have to say, mm -hmm. right? If I have a goal, if I have a vision, he's gonna try to figure out, okay, how can we execute this? Does this line up with what life is? Mm -hmm. Does it make sense? And then there's certain things, yes, I have to learn and just say, just wait, because I believe he's a, he's a wise man. I believe he holds what I say and what I do to value. He may not see it now, mm. but God will speak to him. Mm. And all I have to do is run to my knees and say, God, talk to him because I see this. He may not see it now, but I see this. But because that space of comfort and that space of vulnerability has been built, He'll come back and say, you know what, I was wrong. Mm. Julie, let me let me hear what you said again. Right, right. And that's when I know, okay. So it's it's showing him those angles of here is submission, here is your space, because you are top notch in regards to being the leader of our home. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. Yeah. That's really, really good. Wow. Yeah. So it's essentially like basically just elevating your partner in the relationship and placing value on them mm -hmm. and, letting, and, and letting it be very evident mm -hmm. that you're placing value on them. 100%. 100%. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. That's really good. And That's even really just good. small things. I mean, he, he could, his, his mom jokes about him all the time about how he hates the kitchen. When <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday dinner um, within, I guess, the Jamaican culture is rice and yeah, peas, yeah. oxtail, da da etc. Oh, wow. Yeah. Every Sunday, Every Sunday yeah. they're making <laughs> something meats. like that. Multiple yeah. meats yeah. and all of that. That's so so that's what he kind of grew up on. So I remember in the beginning of our marriage, even, for me, I'm used to my type of foods, right? <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, I'll make that, da, da, da. And I'm busy making it, and he's just silent, just like, I, I can't eat this, right? <laughs> then that's when I had to, I myself had to humble myself and say, okay, Mama Gallimore, how, how do I make your rice and peas? How do I make your oxtail, your curry goat, your, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. of them. 
And as soon as I started, he's just gobbling up everything. <laughs> so he's not quick to run to the kitchen. His mom teases him all the time about all he does is make spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> or tacos or all of that. Something as simple as, because one of his love languages is acts of service. Something as simple as me making him his Sunday dinner, putting it on a plate, and and literally bringing it to him and serve and serving him, even in a jokey manner, some like on on a knee, like that in <laughs> itself is him saying, yeah, she 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 takes what's right, important right. to me, and is 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 presenting it to me. So it doesn't mean that you know, because you 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 are gonna have men that love to run into the kitchen mm-hmm. as well, and there are moments where he's he'll run in and do his one two quick things yeah. because he could care less for the kitchen mm-hmm. but it's it's understanding it's understanding what is putting priority mm-hmm. what what do you appreciate and then let me implement that right, right, right. for me it's quality time and and touch like just this alone so i'm like okay now it's time to cuddle <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's okay. We're we're rolling in the bed and like legs are crossed as I'm watching Netflix on one end and he's watching some crazy YouTube video. And all of legs are intertwined somehow. You're good. I'm good. good. Like we don't even need to be talking. I'm good. Eventually we'll talk, right? right? right. Over something dramatic with the kids or life or etc. So it's you're you're absolutely right. It's just showing the other you are up here mm-hmm. and using the resources that you have. And we're quite fortunate now. Our kids are in those two, those right, older right. years. Yeah. So we can say, deuces, yeah, we're yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're running off to go for a car ride with tea right. in the country. Or right. we're taking off for the weekend to, or next week to a trip mm-hmm. down south. And they're like, can we come? Nope. <laughs> it's not a family trip. So we finally got to that stage where we can do those types of things, yeah. right? It takes work, though. It takes yeah, work. And, and being patient, because, like she said, look at the resources. Look at your situation. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys have a very young child. Yeah. Right? We have older kids where, right. like, literally, we just say, yo, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. Don't burn the house down. <laughs> hopefully we'll be back in a good time where they don't get tempted to burn the house. I mean, so yeah, but look for those small do small things. Right, right. You know, like I always I hate when I hear dudes say, oh, I'm not gonna get you anything for Valentine's Day because I show you I love you all year. Okay, you don't. <laughs> and that's like that's like a low hanging fruit. Just yeah. get the flowers, just, man. Yeah. Get just, the flowers, get the chocolates, and just acknowledge the day. Yeah. Mother's Day. Right. Birthdays. Right. Anniversary. Like you shouldn't just those little things mm-hmm. she's gonna remember. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And if you miss one or two or three, she's gonna remember those. And now right. you got several years to make up. Mm-hmm. You know, so the small things <laughs> the small things matter. Uh, well, we always say this, like the first <laughs> Five years of marriage. It's a listening exercise, and I say we say mm-hmm. the first five years mm-hmm. is because a lot of relationships fall apart between years seven and eleven. Really? Right. Yeah. yeah. The stack showed that. Yeah. Wow. That's when the divorces happen. Year seven, like you, like things just start getting crazy, hmm. um, and then by year eleven, a lot of marriages, you know, will dissolve. Wow. And that's just like the average, right? Right, right, right. right. So, if you spend the first five years listening rather than trying to enforce your will right, right. on each other right. 
Because imagine enforcing your will on each other. It's just, it's just a fight. Mm-hmm. People don't listen during fights. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, I'm trying to get my voice heard. So you're not really absorbing and understanding each other. Right. So if you're doing more listening than enforcing, when you hit the year seven you know, bracket, you're going to know how your spouse responds to certain things. Right. And not everything that's communicated is verbal. Mm-hmm. You know, she comes home from work and she's vexed. She tells you why, you know, some coworker. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's some turmoil at work, mm-hmm. right? I got to help her deal with that. Right. You come home, you're extra fatigued. Why? What's going on? Those are the type of listening that you have to right. do. Mm-hmm. They don't have to tell you. But you see. Yeah, you can pick up. Right, you see it in the mannerisms. Yeah. You see it in the behavior. Maybe he's a little more curt. Maybe he's, uh, you know, more short. He's not giving full answers or, like, very, you know, to the point, mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to engage further. Mm-hmm. Like, be curious about that. Don't get vexed. Be curious about it and understand why. Right. Because it's when you understand the why that you can, you can deal with it. You yeah. can work with it. Yeah, you can, you can work, with, yeah. You can work yeah. with the details of a why. Right. Right? Yeah. Rather right. than just focusing on the what. Right. So, yeah, you know, the small mm. wins mount up to big wins mm. over time. Mm. You know, the home run stuff, it's not going to mean much. If you didn't do the small things, because this home run thing is just to make up for the stuff that you right, didn't right. But if you <laughs> do small, yeah, if you do small things and you do a home run thing, that home run thing is more magnified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. that's that's really good. That's actually really good. And um, I want to kind of pick up on this because you said that within the first five years, mm-hmm. you know, building that foundation to make sure that you know through year seven to eleven, you're solid. Like, how did that look like for you guys? Because, I mean, you guys are young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're, we're in our, what, we got married late 20s, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're already kind of, not have <laughs> life figured out, but, like, you know what I mean? You figure out a lot. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But to get married, like, super young, like, yeah. like haven't finished school yet, like, all that stress, like, like how, how was that? Like, how did you guys manage that? Like, what kind of, what kind of tools did you guys develop within your marriage to kind of work through that? Mm-hmm five-year season and be able to establish that solid foundation for yourselves. So maybe I'll go first. What you see is the post-11 right. experience. Right. We didn't listen well. Mm. Uh-huh. Like, mm. we, there was a lot of enforcing. Mm. So I'm not telling you, I'm not suggesting to do that because we did it. I'm suggesting to do that because we didn't do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when we hit that seven-year mark, it was like hell broke loose, man. Wow. Like I'm, I can tell you, I'm fortunate that Julie's still here. Mm-hmm. Dead serious. Wow. Wow. Like this should have been over. Wow. You know, and um, and that's what I'm talking about. You protect your relationship by how you um, behave in the relationship, right. so to speak. Like she makes people respect me because of how she behaves towards me. Right, mm-hmm. right. But not everybody's just, you know, saying, okay, he's this, he's that. Mm-hmm. But she contradicts everything, everything, everybody else has to say. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah, we didn't. We're just, you know, we're, we're like the, ex- not, not the, the rule, but the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, fortunately, we're on the other side that we can say, make sure you listen to those five right. years. Because you're right. It was survival mode. I could imagine. I like, I'm talking imagine. about, like, mm. finishing your last day of lecture, walking out of Southern Hall. You know Southern Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting a phone call, flip phone days. She's in the hospital. <laughs> flip phone days. She's in the hospital, about to give birth. Then after she gives birth, and then dealing with 
postpartum hemorrhaging and blah, blah, blah. I have to go back to school and write exams. Fail the exams. Good thing I did well enough to pass the courses. Man. You know what I'm saying? And then now we got a, we got a baby. You know, the baby needs diapers, it needs diapers, needs food, needs food. So now we're surviving. There was no time to listen. It was just right. time. It was just trying to survive. Right, right. You know, and, and then she has. She's doing school. As soon as she's done school, another baby's on the way. We're trying to get a place of our own. You know, we're moving all over. It was a straight hustle. So there was no listening. Right, right. Until, until things like hit rock bottom, where it could go no further. Mm. Then we had to pause right. and say, "Yo, listen. Like, where do we go?" Right. So, all right, we're gonna keep this going. And then now we started. Right, right, right. Listening. Wow. You know what I mean? And, and doing the things that, okay, let's become insular. Let's make it just about mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And we become the dictators of this relationship. Right. We filter in. We filter out. If, if it doesn't match, if it doesn't fit, stay out. Mm -hmm. We'll figure this out later. We'll right. shelve that for now. Right. And we'll slowly work it in if it has any value. If it doesn't, it's out. Right. So what you're seeing now is the post-11 mark. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So... Yeah. This is where we are. <laughs> yeah. One one of the things in my culture, hmm. uh, the night before a woman gets married, they do, uh, I don't know what they call it. I don't know what you would call it in English, but they do this thing where they put the woman that's getting the bride into a room. And all of the women in the family that are married sit in there and lecture her. Kitchen party. Kitchen yeah. party, that's, yes. Okay. Kitchen party? That is what they call it, a kitchen party. Oh, party, okay. Yes, and they teach her just one woman after the other techniques of marriage, of life, on how to be a good woman, how to be a good wife, how to be a good mother. And I remember I just got lecture after lecture after lecture. There are good ones. There are funny ones. <laughs> Being the first one amongst my, my cousins and them getting married, like, what did they say to you? And I'm like, <laughs> listen, we had granny over here showing me this position or this. Just wow. dramatic things like that. Wow. They, they, know they know I'm like, I didn't know granny said that like it was dramatic. <laughs> they've always heard the stories, and it's always the granny where you're like, "Huh? She can't walk." All of a sudden, her ankle is oh twisted this way. That way, saying, "You my goodness." Bedroom duty is what they call it, and things like that. So it's just it made me die of laughter. But of course, one of the biggest things that I took away from that was whatever traumatic situation happens in life, how you carry yourself and how you treat your husband is how everyone else is going to treat him. Mm -hmm. So know who your husband is mm -hmm. and know how you want him to be treated. Mm -hmm. So when Gary and I stepped into that like very rough year, I would say, um, or roughest year, mm -hmm. that's when I said, okay, I know this guy. This guy is not the guy that I married because mm -hmm. I know his true values. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I said, Julie, hold yourself together. Pull yourself together when you're outside. But when you're inside, work it out. Mm -hmm. When you're home with him, 
work it out mm-hmm. and figure out what's going on in his head, mm-hmm. what's going on in his heart. Mm-hmm. And we did that work mm-hmm. to really understand why did we get to that low point mm-hmm. in our marriage that had brought us to a position of even like that being a conversation of walking right. separate ways. Right, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, and interestingly, a family member after the fact came to us and said, you carried yourself well, Julie. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, good. And it was one of his family members mm-hmm. on his side that was like, that was that was very presentable, mm-hmm. how you carried yourself through that rough stage mm-hmm. when we shared that, that, that story with that family member. Wow. So <laughs> I... I with that in itself, it's always going back down to knowing who who you married. Like you really need to know who you're married because from the beginning you know who you're married to. So when they're not themselves, you know why, right? And it's trying to figure out why they're not themselves, and um, it's having that patience. Even today, until today, more than ever, I know sometimes you know. He'll get caught in his feelings, get upset over something because of whatever stressors that are coming Mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. From work, from trying to be a dad to, like, teenage kids now. Like, it's it's a whole different ball game. It's harder. Sometimes I'm like, man, I wish all I was doing was changing diapers and saying, don't go outside. Like, (laughs) rather than, like... You know, yeah. in, in two years, we're going to have an 18-year-old where we may not even have access to him at all, right? And and uh, when I say access, I mean he can go and make yeah. full-out legal decisions without us being aware of it. Right. And so that's a lot of stress <laughs> for both of us, for him as a dad. And sometimes small little things would just get him agitated. And I just have to sit there and wait. And watch, and I'll and I'll do this like, and I'll and I'll, and I'll stare, and I'll, I might drop a question, and if I see like a like a rough response, I'm like, okay, <laughs> just wait, yeah, just yeah. wait, yeah, you know what I mean. Sometimes I might have to even just say, okay, let me just soften him up, let me just pour a drink or give him a snack, yeah, yeah, yeah. make a cute little dessert for him. <laughs> Here you go. Here's your drink. You good? Yep, I'm cu- I'm I'm good. Eventually, I'll be like, so are you ready to talk now? <laughs> You've got your brain back. Right, he's right, like, right. Julie, stop. <laughs> and that's when I know, okay, he's 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 ready to he's have ready a to full talk, conversation yeah. and not lose his mind on yeah. me, right? right? right. Yeah. And and that is the patience and the key with women. I we want to talk. We want to get it done and over with, right? Have a conversation, move on with life, etc. Sometimes it could take a week before you get to that. It's just having the patience, but being able to still show the love, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's it's being able to provide that space of comfort. Right. When he's ready to speak, he will come up and speak because you gave, you know, you have that security, yeah. and he knows he has that security. Right, right. So continue with life. Don't don't uh, don't hold back on the love as you're waiting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's it's hard because you have to you have to let go of yourself right, for a second. Right. That's a really hard thing to do, yeah. and it's the build up of seeing the consistency mm-hmm. coming in from his end that eventually I'll come to you. Right. 
and vice versa. I mean, he knows right away, right? Mm-hmm. All he needs to say is, Julie, you ready to talk about it? Oh, let's go, let's go. <laughs> I, I'm ready to complain. I'm ready to shut down all my meetings for the rest of the day. Let's talk. <laughs> no, that's, that's so good because even listening to that from a man's perspective, like, it kind of gives you the idea of what you should be looking for in a wife. Mm-hmm. Like, you should look for someone that can see you mm-hmm. for who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I think that's very important. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why I felt really comfortable and still and always feel comfortable on Phoebe is because she knows who I am. Yeah. So even if I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable to have an off day around her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm comfortable to, like, be off and trust that she'll know that I'm just, just an off day for me. Like you yeah. said, like you'll just wait it out and see like the test of waters if you get a little nah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I guess not. not. Not yet, you know? Like not yet, he's not ready. But, but I think that that's such a, a huge lesson, especially for, for both women and men, right? Yeah. Um and also vice versa as well. Like it, it goes both ways because I think that as a man, um you said like you said, like carrying so much kind of the burden of the family trying to figure things out, trying to make sure you're being that provider, that protector in every single facet for the family. Absolutely. Sometimes you just get stressed. Like, Mm -hmm. there's external things that you just can't control that just tick you off. And having someone beside you Mm -hmm. that can still be there for you despite your off days, like, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. super powerful. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that's a huge takeaway. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge takeaway. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to add to Julie, you said something. It reminded me of a lesson that I learned very early in our marriage, but mm-hmm. talking about like protecting our husbands, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you're going through something in public, you put yourself together, like everything is okay, but then behind the scenes, you work it out. And one of the things that I learned is that, like, you know, first year of marriage, you learn all the annoying things about your husband, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I used to complain to my sister all the time about the, oh, my gosh, Omar does this, Omar does that. But the thing is, though, like, I'm complaining about it, and I'm working on it with Omar, mm-hmm. but I don't have to tell people mm-hmm. about the annoying things because, yes. because the thing is... They're, that's the only thing they're going to remember about Omar. Facts. They don't Listen, know who Omar really that is. That translates to Girl, a lot of things yeah. in yes. Yeah. And so I learned it very quickly because I'm like, Good. as I was telling my sister, I was like, Anna sees Omar as like this amazing guy. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to ruin that because yeah. he actually is an amazing guy. Right, right. But if I start polluting her mind with, oh, Omar does this and Omar does that, she'll be like, oh, he's not so amazing anymore. Yeah. And it will <laughs> stick for the rest of her life. That's it. It won't stick with me because I see how amazing he is every mm-hmm. single day, you mm-hmm. know? So I learned that lesson very quick. Yeah. I think it's Good. very important to protect our husbands that way. Yeah. That's a very, very yeah. good lesson. lesson. Yeah. Very because good. people, friends, family will remember. Yeah based off they they're not in your healing process right they're not there with you yeah so when you're busy going off and off and off that's what they're remembering so then now they're ready to go in gangster mode right like they're ready to go into (laughs) battle mode for my girl for my sis etc and this is where even gary and i we we yes within our marriage but we also extend it if there's other conflicts that we have with mm-hmm. with our children mm-hmm. with extended family members we don't we avoid that conversation mm-hmm. with other people yeah. because you know what there are certain people in your lives that are going to be there long term mm-hmm. and if, because they're going to be there long term having those conversations with external resources, now you're repositioning them, yeah. right? And when you're repositioning them to have disrespect, that's that's not good. Right. Yeah. It 
you're going to have to maintain that right, somehow. Right. So what is that going to look like mm. when you're going to have to maintain that? That means you can't come back to a place of peace properly. Mm. Or you're going to have to remove that important person, that sister, that family member, that friend out of your life mm. because now you and your spouse have gotten to a place of peace on whatever issue that might have been. Yep. Yep. And if your friend family member has been advising you differently mm. <laughs> yeah now you're having to remove them from your life yeah right you're having to make a choice and and that's that is the biggest lesson and i'm i'm glad that you hear that you're saying yeah that was a big one that i learned very early because yeah. it actually affects so many families mm. so many families so many marriages and we've seen it yeah. wow. we've seen it ourselves <laughs> And it's heartbreaking whenever you see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the good thing is that you learned it from somebody you trust, like exactly. your sister. Yeah. Right, right, right. A lot of times you drag friends into your life, man, and it's because yeah. you're not gonna go back to. They're not. You're not gonna bring them on the full healing journey. Right. And when you hit that point, now you gotta go explain back, explain to them, you know, how you got. They're still probably not. I might not believe it. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure about that? Like, right. what I'm seeing doesn't suggest that right. you're right. healed, right? So now you're going to extend so much energy into making sure that relationship is yeah. okay, that they understand yeah. so they don't come right. at your spouse. Yeah. yeah. Well, the remedy is don't bring them in to begin with. Right. You know, you sometimes yeah. you recruit the wrong people into things and yeah. they pick a side and yeah. they, they, yeah. they're not moving off that position. Yeah. Yeah. And just like Julie said, how do you kick them out of your life, right? Yeah. There's gonna be that grief and getting some getting rid of somebody, you know. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome that you learned such a big lesson. Yeah. On I'm gonna say like a small scale because it's something that you love and trust. Right. Right. And somebody that values him. Or somebody that hated him. (laughs) (laughs) Fuel to the fire. (laughs) Stoking the fire. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, the thing yeah. the thing to, to tell you even just as a side as a as as a joke to what we're saying, it's at the point that way of behaving, I'm seeing the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people within just my family alone had their mindset and I'm saying extended family. Mm-hmm. Of oh what she's marrying a Jamaican man what happened he's a dread drug just dread what drug dealer that nonsense like oh, that right you like never had dreads yeah oh, never, never yeah joined, never yeah. Any of that stuff so they were coming in African ideology it's just <laughs> ridiculous I heard that so before too they, right when they <laughs> when they heard oh Julie's over 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 here getting married to a Jamaican I was like this is ridiculous I'm sorry he actually. I kind of had somewhat of a better upbringing than I did. <laughs> I need to calm down, okay? It was crazy. So, but then now, here they are, busy. Like, they cannot... We haven't been to our home country yet. We haven't been to my, to my home country, okay, okay. to Tanzania. And we haven't brought the kids yet. And they're all like, hurry up and get over here. We're waiting for our king to show up. (laughs) They cannot wait to meet him. Not only that, I have family members busy, ready to say, does he have any cousins? I'm single. I need a a husband. And they're ready, like, bring the Jamaica to Tanzania. Let's go. Like, what's going on? Here and my my brother, my own brother, runs to him for advice like all the time. Wow! All the time he runs to him wow. for advice, just in life, in marriage, in child rearing, like so many things. Mm. And a lot of the times, even just within family, you know, I might have mommy come to me, daddy coming to me with something, um, a question, and I'll say, 
just just go talk to Gary. Mm-hmm. He he can he can tell you the right answer to that. He can advise you to the point now they don't even want to hear my advice. <laughs> they want to run to him. Gary, what do you think of this? Can you go to my bank account and take a look at this and this and this and advise me accurately on that? That's you know what I mean? So it, it has so much weight the way that we choose right. to carry ourselves right. in representation to our husbands mm-hmm. yeah. as women. It right. may it has a lot of weight yeah. to that. Yeah. Wow. Even when you might be sitting in a hard situation and this is what I would this is where I'm going to talk to the ladies on if you if your man is not where you believe he should be where who he is is not authentically coming out just understand how you carry yourself he is going to appreciate that he's going to see it he's going to recognize it at the end of the day his ego is going to be stroked and that means a lot for mm-hmm. men in general. Doesn't matter what background they're coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I kinda wanted to take the conversation into another direction. Okay. Um so one of the reasons why um Gary, I really admire your relationship that you have with uh Javai. Okay. You know, because of course I'm a I'm a I'm a guy, I have a father myself and I had a really good I have a really good relationship with my dad and I always really did. Um but seeing it from another perspective, like seeing a younger father and their teenage son and how you relate to Javai, it's inspiring to me because it kind of gives me a model of how a Jamaican Canadian (laughs) can raise their teenage boy in Canada. Mm-hmm. Because my dad is straight yacht. <laughs> I love him. Like honestly, like such an amazing dad. Yeah. Like such like he did so well in trying to relate to us, even though he couldn't at some point. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. He like he definitely made the effort, like yeah. but but it's just different, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why I really admire you and, and your your relationship um with with your son. And I kinda wanted to ask like how that dynamic how you kind of balance that whole dynamic with having a teenage son while also being married and kind of how that ties in together. Right. Um, yeah, I don't do it by myself because I think if I was a sole parent in the way that I am, I'd probably screw it up, to be honest. <laughs> but I'm, I'm being serious that Julie sees like her the way that she looks at things and what she notices and her communicating that to me allows me to relate to Javai from, you know, not just the way that I want to relate to him, mm. but how he wants to relate to me. Mm. So that's where it's really important. Like, two-parent households yeah. is important. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes, Javai is going to model himself after the, the person that he, you know, the guy. Right, right. Me. But there's certain intangibles that Julie has. Right that she could either communicate to him to help him communicate with me and communicate with me that I could help communicate with him, mm-hmm. right? So I can't ignore the fact that that's a critical piece of the puzzle. So, and you know, like I have my expectations for him, but sometimes I don't say it right. Mm. I don't communicate it well. So if I say something and it sounds too harsh or there's not even not enough information for him to understand, right, right. She can hear it and say, hey, yeah, the reason why he's not responding the way you expect because you missed out half of the details. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Or he doesn't understand those words. Or their tone was so aggressive that right. you, you shut down. Right. You know, so I, I rely on that feedback to be able to communicate with him. But 
you know, July, like me and him, we kind of share personalities. We're pretty silly, right? Like, yeah. So you find the wins, <laughs> the things that you enjoy, and right. you, know, you take advantage of those. Like we love basketball, we right. play basketball. You know, you know, it's still up to him to try and beat me. You know, I'm, I'm winning that that series. So wow. that conversation, <laughs> he's like, oh, wow. he's coming for me. But that's what that looks like when he gets here. Nah, he pulls back on daddy. <laughs> he knows I whooped his butt. <laughs> back on me but okay. one of the things that I like I sometimes I look I back and I'm like you know because Javai has his, his personality mm-hmm. doesn't talk mm-hmm. but he's a very talkative person right you know so I look back and I'm like okay and we always have this conversation like did we screw up at certain mm-hmm. junctures in his life mm-hmm like the time when we went through what we went through, he was, you know, he was a child. Right, right, right. And he was indirectly and directly That's affected true. by everything that we we dealt with. Mm-hmm. We still don't know yet mm. what he seen, heard, felt. Right. And maybe when he gets older, you know, and he fully matures and his right. brain brain development settles, and he could start things might start coming back, mm-hmm. and he could say, yeah, actually, this affected me this way, that affected me this way, and this affected me this way. Right, right. But we went through therapy and we couldn't get any clear answers mm-hmm. on what, you know, like what could be affecting him. Mm-hmm. But one thing I did make a commitment, like, you know, you a Jamaican, man, like you slap your kids. <laughs> and I, <laughs> every once in a while, you have to, you know, just give him a slap. Like, you know, listen, guy, you got you to listen. But I remember I said to him, like, listen, at some point, if I put my hands on you, it will be a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... The minute it becomes a fight, and you put your hands on me, you got to go. <laughs> because I know you're not going to provide for the rest of right. the <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, you're 16 years old. That's yeah. not what you're about. Yeah. So, one thing we, you know, we agreed that we'd talk to each other. Right, right, right. And so, we went on the journey of learning how to talk to each other. You know, um, you said something about um, valuing your spouse. One of the things that I understand with even children... Like, they're gonna value what you what you value is in the stuff that you say. You try to mm-hmm. teach them mm-hmm. when they feel valued. Mm-hmm. So, does my parents consider how I think? Right. Does right. my parents consider how I look at things? Right. When they think that you care in that regard, then they'll sit down and start listening to what you said. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, one time we're on the phone, and Jake now just picked up basketball, and July said, "Make sure you listen to Daddy," <laughs> and that's him saying, "Yeah, yeah," you know, I. I, I get it. Right. You know, I'm right. willing to listen to my dad because he he values what I value. Right. You know, so. That's pretty good. Yeah, and you, and you got to recognize that early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad's got to be a dad. Actually, I was reading this book called uh, Grit by Angela Buckworth or Duckworth, whatever. <laughs> and she talks about parenting. And she says that good parenting requires two things. Like, actually, there was this whole Cartesian plane thing with, like, four quadrants. I don't remember two. Mm. But it was supportive and demanding. Hmm. So you could demand, like we have demands of our kids, good mm-hmm. behavior. You got to be respectful, mm-hmm. put effort in the things that you're doing, uh, commit to the family. But we support them in doing that. Right. We don't just demand and leave them by themselves right, to figure right, it out. Right. right. Or we don't not demand and then we don't support. But we have to support them. That's the feedback Right? right? That's the, hey, tell me what you think about this. Right, right. Give me your understanding of the stuff I'm trying to tell you to do. Like, how, do you, how are you processing it? Right. 
because that's also important. If mm-hmm. they're not processing things the, that we're yeah. telling them, yeah. the instructions that we're giving them, and they can't act, and then we punish them, that's not good yeah. feedback for them. Yeah, that's that's good. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I know Javai's potential on certain things, and even last night uh, we had to sit with him. You know, I was hearing some reports about his, you know, his progress in school. Instantly, I started Steven, and Julie's like, "Guy, chill." And I just changed my approach, you know? We went on a Zoom call, I opened up this tool, and we just walked him how to walk with him, how to build his organizational right. skills. Right. Rather than me going and yelling, right. you gotta do this, you gotta be, that doesn't help him. Right, right. Take the time and show him and teach him. Right. right? So now there's more trust. Because one of the things that I keep saying is, or we keep saying, we need to leave the room for him mm. to come back and say, mom, dad, I screwed up. Right. Right, that's true. Mm-hmm. Help me change course. That's true. That room has to be there because he's gonna go to somebody, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. person might or people might not have his best interest, mm-hmm. you know, at heart. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, I know, like me and Javai, we goof around a lot, and you know, I have a lot of respect for him now. We're just trying to build that that respect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah, where he feels like he's getting it, right. And if he doesn't get it, he has room to get it. He has time to get it. Right, right. And I'm going to be, you know, his dad who's also learning. Right. Who's not afraid to say, hey, you know what? Sorry, man. Right. I said that too too harsh, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I come back to the whole partnership thing. Right. I'm your parent, but I'm, I'm willing to learn from you. Right. You know, and as much as I want you to learn from me, you know, that's just the, the, the position I take. It's, it's a learning experience. You know, if I leave, you know, if I pass on, at some point, you know, we got to move out of this life. I need him to be equipped, not just to take care of himself, but to take care of a wife and, right. and kids. Right. You know? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting that you said that, man, because as you're talking, it, you're literally describing where I feel my dad and I are now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's funny, like, I, you know, I remember, I'll never forget it, um, the moment that I knew that my dad trusted me. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. I tell Phoebe all the time, that moment I'll never forget. And it probably was super mundane for him. It was like, whatever, this is just part of parenting. But I had just gotten my G2 license. I was 17 years old. And he had just gotten like a new minivan for himself, you know? know? (laughs) And he was proud of it, you know what I mean? And so I was kind of scared to ask because my friends were going to the movies. It was a Friday night. And I was like, Dad... Uh, and you know when you ask to go somewhere you can't ask the same day it's got to be like at least a week in advance <laughs> right, so that's still our rule right right exactly so what that was how it was in our, in our house too right I, the same day I knew that it was a gamble yeah but I did it anyway so I'm like let me just see you know what I mean so I was like dad I'm going to the um, my friends are going to the movies is it cool if I go and uh, he asked me okay well which theater are you going to? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to be there with? Mm-hmm. What time are you coming back home? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this, this, this gave me an answer for everything. He said, cool, no problem. Go ahead. Take my key. My key's hung up on this place, whatever, whatever. In my mind at that time, I was like, what just happened? <laughs> I was like, my dad thinks I'm a man. Like, I can drive by myself and go to the movie. I remember I was like bumping 50 Cent and blasting in the van, driving there the whole way. Like, I felt so nice. But but the takeaway for me was right. that my dad trusts me. Yeah. Like he 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 recognizes that I'm becoming a man, mm-hmm. and that was the takeaway for me. And 
um, honestly, like, even if I can just even give you encouragement, like, as a dad, like, in that space, like, I, I really believe that Javai gets it. Like, I, I've seen Javai, and, and he's quiet, I know, but he's he's very, he kind of reminds me of myself in that he doesn't talk much, but he absorbs yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. And so, he, 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 he already gets it. Yeah. It's just that he's still young, and he still yeah. has time to go through his own journey and stuff, yeah. but... Yeah. He definitely gets like the talks you have with him, the fact that you like you go back and apologize, the fact that you take the time to teach him certain things, like that's huge. That's huge and like that's teaching him how to be a father himself. You know? So yeah, no, it's that's really good. As you were saying, man, like that just came back to my mind. I just I had to share it. Like that's uh and it's powerful. Yeah. Because now I feel like because of that moment, like it led me into a trajectory in life where I sought to become a man. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I made the effort to be responsible, right. you know, make yeah. right decisions yeah. for my life and mm-hmm. seek to, like, set myself up for success so that when I do get married one day, mm-hmm. I can take care of my own family, you know? And, and I can handle a household and I can, even if I, I don't have all the skills and knowledge that I have at my disposal, mm-hmm. I'll make the effort to go and seek it out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. doing things that a man ought to do for his family and mm-hmm. for the, those that are around him. Mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a it's a powerful thing, and, and you just said it like having two parent households, um, um, you know, and of course this being boys will be boys men's podcast, I really really like, um, want to emphasize like the role of a father yeah. in their son's life, you yeah. know, and and you know that's why I even brought it up because to this day like I I I uh, cherish the relationship I have with my dad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've just turned 31. Sweet. Yeah, I know, right? What? Yeah, I just turned 31. Just broke 30? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> just turned 31. And um, it, it's like, because my dad gave me that 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 um, respect so early on, mm-hmm. I've had so much time mm-hmm. to, like, mature, you know? And, and I feel like it would be the same thing for Javai as well because you're giving him that respect now at such an early age. Because I, and I, I, it's not the same for every young man yeah. in every home. Like I've heard stories where, like, you know, they're still getting yelled at. They're still like being treated like kids, and like you know what I mean. They don't have the freedom to make the mistakes and to learn from their mistakes, and and the room to come and and seek advice and counsel. So. The fact that you're giving him this at this stage, you know, like, it's it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful. And it just sets a, such a positive trend for when he has his own family mm-hmm. and when he has, has his own kids, whether whether girl or boy, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, yeah. the fact that he, he's able to now understand that I have to be able to allow my future kids to grow up mm-hmm. and like make their own decisions and make their own mistakes and things of that sort mm-hmm. so so that's really really powerful one of the things i like hearing and i've heard them talk about it before mm-hmm. is uh this partnership that they're building mm-hmm. this relationship that that's expanding mm-hmm. where he has actually said to javai because um, for those that don't know, you know, we also have two girls in the middle and then the youngest is a boy. Right, right. And he said, Javai, when your sisters come through with their men, it, it's you and I. Yeah, yeah. Going yeah. in and saying, don't come in here and scream. <laughs> <laughs> and Javai 
I said, yep, exactly. Yeah. So now, you know, he uh, he kind of stepped away to try and build his career or his life. Mm-hmm. And we gave him that opportunity to, you know, expand his education and then open up those opportunities. And just recently, maybe just a couple weeks ago when the when when, when school started, you know, Gianna came home talked about some boy that was busy like rolling up on her. Right. So I so I called Javai. I did Javai <laughs> I FaceTime him on purpose when he saw him on the reaction with her head wrapped up and everything. No makeup on. And I said, This is this is what happened. Yeah, I'm repeating Gianna's story. He said, What? Get her in the room. I said, perfect. <laughs> Jenna, come in here. Wow. Jenna comes into the room. Before that even rolls in, huh? <laughs> Jenna comes into the room. What, what's up? What, why are you calling me? Right? Give him a pure attitude, right? And so I said, um, your brother wants to talk to you. Javon was like, listen, when I roll up it back home, okay, and I finish or get, get on Christmas break early. I'm coming home, and mom's gonna drive me to school, and I'm rolling up to the school, and I'm gonna tell this kid to back up. Wow. I said, tell her, Gigi. <laughs> I said, tell Gianna Javon, please tell her. This. And I said, good job. I'm like, this is. This is your job now, and it's because of their friendship right. that they're building. Right, right. And uh, I'm I love seeing that transaction, that that transformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's yeah. the right term? Yeah, yeah. I, I I love seeing that transforming mm-hmm. because now I I I feel as a mom, as a woman, I I showed him what a good woman should look like. I've opened up that door for him to say, Mommy, I want to talk to you about something, Mm. right? So now is when I can step back, and I'm now saying, don't bring no dumb, dumb daughter-in-law to me. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. I don't want to see no dumbness coming my direction (laughs) in the future. And you gotta set yourself up properly for that. So I can be the more strict one. Mm. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, no, this is my criteria now for what I want added Mm -hmm. to the family. I want a respectable woman Mm -hmm. that, you know, can go out there and represent your name properly. Like, I honor that last name, Mm Gallimore. And from day one, I've always told his parents, thank you for raising me a good man. Trust and believe I will try my best to make sure that I carry that last name with honor and that it's just respected from all corners. Because y'all gave me this great gift. You've brought him into my life Mm -hmm. now, Mm -hmm. right? And because he is to put me first, I have nothing but proper respect that I need to show you guys on your direction. And that's even how I carry myself. Yes, it represents him, but it also represents them. Yeah, that's true. And that's why I, I, I'm, I'm all about, listen, Yavai, we're not bringing craziness in this life, <laughs> in this family, because, I'm sorry, maybe I'm too strict in that area. <laughs> I said, nothing from my womb. <laughs> That's so true. That's yeah. so true. And 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 you know, definitely the way he was raised, you like that's something that 
I don't think you guys have to worry about. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and it just goes to show, like, the power of, of um, parenthood, like, mm. good parenthood, mm. like, like, positive, godly parenthood. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's such a powerful thing. It's such a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm about ready to close off the podcast. Yes. But if you guys have any last words you want to share, anybody, if you have anything that... Yeah, um, yeah I guess I'll go first. Um, what, like advice? Yeah, yeah, suggestions. Exactly. suggestions. exactly. Uh, I was thinking of something. So I guess maybe I'll announce it here. We just finished writing a book. <laughs> that's amazing that's big news wow. that is big news you heard it here wow. first this is the you first thing. wow yeah, so, yeah yeah so yeah. it's uh, the first oh. draft's done actually I think we told a couple of you but the uh, first draft's done um, wow wow that's we're about to get it edited trying to get like a good editor right, to make sure right, right. that you know our message and tone is consistent throughout, right. throughout the whole thing um, and it's actually titled A Short Guide to a Happy Marriage so we look mm-hmm. at you know 30 different things that you should do Wow. And it's it's a guide, right? You know, and underline the word happiness. Like we pursue happiness, and sometimes we stress ourselves out to be happy, right? Because we think that these things together will bring us happiness, right? Right. But we come from the angle of <clears throat> like make your marriage happy, and you know it's not her job to make me happy, mm-hmm. but it's our job to create the space. For happiness right right to exist in our marriage right. and then we outline a bunch of things that you should do you know like make sure forgiveness is you know is a staple in the marriage mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, what do you call it uh, communicate early and often right just a bunch of things that you you know give each other space to realize like to self-actualize mm-hmm. all these different things and you know that's that's what I would say man like when it comes to your the happiness and the state of your marriage you can't blame nobody but yourself. Yeah. Facts. That's so true. If your marriage falls apart, um, the people outside are going to say, he did this, right, right. she did that, that's what drove them apart. But the blame is still between those two spouses. Right. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. never anybody else's right. fault. Even if you know other people act do stuff to act on the marriage, they say, well, he, didn't, he shouldn't have done that or she shouldn't have done that. So because the, the blame come back to you, comes back to you, you got to make it your purpose to make sure that you create the space for a happy marriage, right? right? And don't make happiness like the be-all, end-all, right. but make it permanently available mm-hmm. in your relationship, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And if you got to take a step back where so that your your wife can pursue something and it's going to be uncomfortable, you're going to have to sacrifice, it's going to cost a lot of money, you're going to give up something, Look at what the outcome is supposed right. to be. This is supposed to create the room for happiness. Right. You know, and I, and I just recommend that for everybody because, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, you're going to get blamed. And we do this a lot. We hear about people getting into car accidents. Was he driving too fast? Right. Was it wet? Right. Why was he out so late at night? Even though we sympathize, but at the end of the day, we're going to start asking some questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, well, why don't you just stay home? Right. 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 So because of that fact, uh, the recommendation for me, I know Julia have something to say. Create the space for happiness. That's both spouses' responsibility. Not to make each other happy, but create the space to build and preserve happiness. So yeah, so listen for the book coming out. 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll come back here and promote it. That's yeah. it. Sure. Right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll definitely. Come back here. I was, I was gonna. That was yeah, my we'll come back here and like, talk I don't need to add anything. Yeah, that would be good. We will promote the book here, and you guys will get a good glimpse. We will, this will be our first spot. This is awesome. what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. This will be our first spot to release it here. And make sure that you guys have some form of access to it. Oh, that's, that's for sure. You love that. that. Honestly. Yeah. yeah, that'd be really good. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really have much to add. I mean, it is a journey, mm-hmm. and 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 that's the key factor. And one of the things that I'm wanting to see my end life is us sitting on a porch, rocking chairs, and watching cars drive by. And just hearing a whole bunch of grandkids and great grandkids, I hope, running around, and that's that's my overall vision mm-hmm. of life next to this man mm-hmm. is us being able to stand with the whole crew around us, and um, just when you have that as your mind, like you, you take every situation that comes in and you try to iron it out. Right. Um, one of the biggest things I said to my husband is because we're in that phase again with teenage kids, mm-hmm. they're building their lives. We don't know where life could bring them, right? Mm-hmm. They could be living in so many different countries. Mm-hmm. And true. I said, the one holiday that I would say everyone comes home will be my Christmas. Yeah. Right. It'll be our Christmas, and we're setting our stage for that where everyone has no other choice but to come home because mom said and she's going to be dramatic and stubborn about it. <laughs> So I could have that vision. <laughs> no, that's good. That's rocking that's good. in some rocking chair yeah, with a whole bunch of kids around me as we just worshiping one song after the other. Yeah. Wow. That's really nice. That's my vision. So enjoy the journey. Enjoy yeah. the journey. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, that that was a loaded combo. I feel yeah. like that was a lot of good info. Good yeah. quality info and I'm so happy you guys were able to join. All right, so uh, thank you guys so much. Um, that was our lovely guests, Gary and Julie Gallimore. Um, such an amazing episode, filled with so much um, substance. Uh, filled with so much substance, and I think there's so much to take away from this episode. And um, definitely appreciate you guys and having you guys on on today's episode. Yeah. So um, let me just say this: really appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you for even considering us. Yeah. Us here to have this conversation. Um, you know, I, like I said before at the beginning, this is a clear representation of where your heart is and who you are. People sit down, hear our story, you know, take stuff, and I'm sure you're gonna find a way to work into work into your marriage and make your marriage better. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So this is great. Really appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Love what you're doing. And we're hoping that the men, the husbands, the fathers who will hear this. Their lives will, will be better as well from what from, from what you're doing here. So definitely really appreciate you. Definitely. Guys. Oh, we love you guys too, man, and appreciate you guys. You know it's a school night, yet still. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, you guys came out, man. You took the time, so we of really course. appreciate that. Of course. And, um, yeah, that's it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you're able to glean something from this episode. I'm sure you'll be able to glean something. And um, make sure to tune in next week for episode number eight. All right. God bless you and see you soon. Peace out. Bye.